All right, so today I am here with my guest, Matt Johnson, who I've only met one time in person, maybe two times, I don't know, maybe NAB, some other things. But I've been following you for years and years and years. Um, you're, I would almost consider you an OG YouTuber, dude. Like, I remember your <laughs> wedding videos and your little Ikea light in the background um, for, what, six years ago? I don't know. How long have you been on YouTube now? Does six years make you OG? I guess it could. I don't know. It feels um, longer than that, but maybe, so it's six years? Well, I uploaded my first YouTube video in 2006, actually. But I basically uploaded for a decade and saw zero success with YouTube <laughs> until I finally figured out, oh, I probably need like a niche and I probably need like a focus for my channel instead of just generic. Bleh. Yeah. And that helped out a lot. Well, I think the uh, the niche that you're most known for, I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, is the wedding film making uh, niche, if you will, or business. Pretty um, much. And that's how I discovered you, because at the time, I was a working uh, wedding videographer. Um, I would I call Joe Simon a friend, um, <laughs> and then Still Motion, obviously, were the kings back in the day. Yep. Uh, the goats, if you will. Uh, that inspired all of us. Do you know Joe Simon? I know he's in Texas. I, I have met him a few times. I I will admit the first time I met him, I fangirled so oh, yeah. bad, like so hard. It was like, I think I freaked him out. And I was like, I'm sorry. Okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but uh, I will say like, I think I was like two years into filming weddings. I watched every single video that Joe Simon made. And mm. I emailed him, like cold emailed him. Like, hey, if you ever need any help, like, <laughs> I'm I'm like an hour away. I could come and help. And he was like, you know, it was very gracious, very kind. Like yeah. it was a it was a firm no. It was a very <laughs> firm, like, no, we're good, man. Thanks so much. And I'm like, I know everybody, yeah. like, I'm sure he gets a ton of emails like that. Cause I still get emails like that all the time now. Sure. And I'm like, it's just like I'm fangirling the same way people fangirl about me. And I'm like, no, no, like uh, it's it's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> Dude, he was a person to be fangirling about because um I feel like there was almost uh you had still motion and Joe Simon and they were both just crushing it at the time. Um this is what two, the 2010s of the yep. filmmaking industry, uh right when the 5D Mark II kind of revolutionized everything. Still motion was on the forefront of that, and then Joe Simon followed. Um, if you don't know who we're talking about, go <laughs> check them out. Who is that other guy that was so cinematic? Something Castle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, I think my main, my mind went to Frank Castle and I was like, wait a second. Nope. That's the Punisher. What was it? Uh, Mind Do you know what Castle? I'm talking about? I think it was Mind, mind Castle. Castle. That yeah. was it. Yep. Mind Castle. Holy cow. Do you remember his videos? It was like he would rent jibs and steady cams, and he would do these crazy uh, mostly Indian weddings, like yep. in the middle of the most cinematic, ridiculous scenarios. Um, it was I remember Mind Castle, and it was Kevin Shahanian or Shahanian. I don't remember uh -huh. how you pronounce his name from Pacific Pictures, and Pacific? he did just oh, they no, both no. did like crazy yeah. Indian weddings. I think you're right. Actually, I think I'm confusing Pacific Pictures with Mind Castle. Mind Castle. Um, I remember he. I guess bought an Alexa at some point and was using it for weddings. And so Ari actually ended up hiring him to do some promotional stuff for Ari. He was putting the Alexa mini on the, the, you know, stabilized helicopter thing. What was that thing Amazing. called? The, the Cine, um, the Cine something. It's that little ball that would go underneath the helicopter. I know what you're talking helicopter. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
anyway, I, I can't remember the name of it. But yes, it predates the movie and kind of all that stuff. But um, man, it was an exciting time back in the DSLR revolution days, was it not? Oh, it was great. Nobody knew what they were doing. And <laughs> ha- I would say a good like three fourths of the industry was like, no camcorder for life. Like you don't need a <laughs> photo camera and like, rah, rah, rah. and I still remember it was like 2018. And I met this very nice, nice lady. And she was like, Hey, I'm thinking about upgrading from like a tape to DSLR. Like, do you think it's going to stick around? And I'm like, I've- it's been nearly a decade. I'm pretty sure it's pretty sure it's here to stay. Like I, I would upgrade. It's probably time. <laughs> I remember you, Matt. Um, I think you may have been, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, you may have been the first Sony guy to switch from Canon to Sony, or was it? Or no, no, no. You got the C100 uh, pretty early. You did a review with the C100 with Weddings, I believe. That took. Am, am I remembering you, this all you're wrong? Just, you're just you're remembering everything all wrong. That's okay though. <laughs> I just remember seeing you do a review that was like about a camera that I was interested in during the time when I was working in the industry, and it. I feel like it was a camera that was kind of like a revolutionary camera. What what I, what was that camera? <laughs> do you remember? I will tell you that the first like two videos that I had that blew up were an A7S II review. Okay. Well, like a month after it came out and, an FS, and the to. fs5 which okay, so a Sony. lot of people wanted yep and it was one of those things where like i was currently shooting on fs100 at the time like the earlier sony sony's version of the c100 basically from 2012 which i loved but yeah. i was thinking oh i'm a7s2 is coming out i'll get one of those but i'm gonna shoot on the fs5 i know that and then I got both of them and I just fell in love with the A7S II and I returned my FS5 within like, it was like day 28 of the 30 day <laughs> B&H return window. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, you got to take this thing back. But I did make a review of it. And that's probably what I think, you're thinking of. Yeah, I'm confusing it all. I think you're <laughs> right. It was um, the A7S II, which everybody already knew that the A7S was great, but it was still kind of, everybody was still in the Canon world. Um, you had some people that switched over, but, um, every when the a7s2 came out with the internal 4k, which was like a big deal at the time. Um, yeah, that really changed things. And yeah, if you're saying that you did it fairly early, then I definitely saw it. And that definitely predates my YouTube journey. I've only been on YouTube for four years. So, um, but basically you were a little gear guy. A little gear guy. Yeah. Um, So well, oh my gosh. (laughs) We, uh, before we started recording, I was nerding out with Matt with my new soundboard. So everyone listening, uh, congratulations. You are now listening to a podcast that, uh, has a soundboard. So does that make this automatically a comedy podcast? It makes me scared for, for what, what (laughs) sounds I'm going to hear at any moment. What's up everybody. Yeah. So anyways, (laughs) Oh my gosh, people so at home good. are loving it. Okay, so I want to get into the YouTube thing. I want to I want to learn your YouTube journey, um, but tell me about Matt. Where do you come from? <laughs> how did you start? Where? <laughs> what's going on in your brain? And how long have you had a beard? Because I feel like as long as I've known you, you've had it. It's uh, And it continues to grow, I guess. I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I'm reassured that if I ever need to disappear from the internet, I can just shave and <laughs> just immediately witness protection myself and no one will know who I am. And so that, where, that's a plus. Remind me, where did we meet? Was it at NAB or was it at a Sony event or something? <sighs> I want to say that it was at NAB 2019. Okay. I'm pretty darn sure. And was that's where I'm yeah. at. Like a ton of- Caleb Pike and uh, Gerald mm-hmm. and Don, we were all there together at that event. Oh my gosh. Oh, 2019. The, the innocence, the yeah. innocence of that time and the fun. Oh, Lord have mercy. And everybody that I talked to was like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you in 2020. We'll be back. It's going to be great. And I was like, I got to go back in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like 2021. <laughs> and then it was October 2020. Never mind. 2023, <laughs> baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to be such a distraction for me as an ADHD person. I think it's um, great. I think it's really great. <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm literally just listening to you to find a moment to waiting. play something. Anxiously <laughs> waiting. And and now I, I need find to... myself talking and trying to like pause my words when I think there might be a good moment for you to do one. What's but up, then... everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so okay, close i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry no, it's also great. there's an internet delay okay so yeah we met 2019 <laughs> uh really hit it off i really love your energy and again like i've said i've been watching your stuff for years but tell me tell me your journey as a, as a filmmaker how you got into it and um you know pre-youtube if you will yeah yeah man i uh i always had made like dumb videos with like my parents vhs camcorder growing up yeah. like me too gi joe videos you know like they're fighting whatever yeah and then i went to college my parents bought me this point and shoot sony camera and it had a it had a 12 minute recording limit and not like 12 minutes oh like goodness. oh the like the you got to press record. Like, no, the memory card itself could only record for 12 minutes before it was yep. full. <laughs> it's like a one definition. gigabyte card or something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, I think it was four by three. It wasn't even like widescreen. It was classic. Awesome. But I started making really dumb YouTube videos with my roommates. And then I found that I was enjoying it. So I was like, man, I should buy like a better camera. So I bought a, uh, I went to the Sony outlet mall by my house and bought a uh, Sony Handycam that I thought was like hot stuff. But this is at the time between tape. So like tape was on the way out. So thank God mini DV was on the way out. But this was pre-flash memory being like really affordable. Yeah. And so it was this awkward period where they were like, hey, this camcorder records to mini DVDs. <laughs> yes, what? the DVDs. I remember those. <laughs> it was like GameCube discs. Yeah, GameCube. Yeah, dude. that's oh what it looked gosh. like. And so that's amazing. Uh, the best part is that I was like a total like you know cheap college student, and mm-hmm. so I couldn't actually afford to buy a lot of the discs. So I just bought like two rewritable discs, and then I would just format them and rewrite them. And so I had like the same discs <laughs> yeah, for yeah. years and I just used the same <laughs> ones over and over again, which was stupid. Cause I only had like 30 minutes of recording time and then I'd be full and I'd be like, Oh crap, I got it. But I only had like four discs. So I was like, dang it. It was rough. Um, finally, uh, the discs. Uh, <laughs> discs. Oh dude, you record on tape? No discs. Yeah. Mm, mm. Disc. What? Never that mind. A, Don't worry. That really was a medium that kind of, there's almost a YouTube video in that topic. Like it I, was definitely a medium uh, of that completely skipped. Uh, we we moved past it essentially. There were a couple a of those camcorders, but uh, yeah, like there could be a catchy title with that. Like I think the, I still uh, have it somewhere. I got to dig around in the closet. The recording format that skipped a generation or whatever. Like uh, I don't know, something like that. Like it was very brief. It was like a three-year window, and then like okay, flash memory is cheap enough. Never mind. Forget this. Just yeah, use SD cards. Totally. 
but man, how weird. Okay, um, so you've got a, cam- a nice camcorder. Yes. And then <laughs> uh, I was thinking about upgrading again. Like, this is like 2008 had just happened. So 5D Mark II Revolution had just occurred. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about buying one of those. And then I was at a uh, campus Bible study event at uh, Texas A&M, where I went to college. And this uh, guy, um, which I'm sure a lot of filmmakers will probably know that recognize this name, Ryan Booth, uh-huh, who is a extremely talented filmmaker that many people love. Um, My friend he, Seth Worley knows him really well. Yes, I don't know yes. him, but... Yeah. So and he's, Ryan, is he Texas guy? I thought he was Texas, uh, right? He was. And yeah. and him and Ryan Connolly did stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he filmed a ton of stuff for Ryan up in Dallas. Um and so Ryan Booth happened this is so weird, but he was literally filming this Bible study group. So this is like a whenever I say Bible study, it's not like, oh, this is 20 people in a room. This is 6,000 people in a basketball arena. Like cool having a Bible study. So bigger. Um, and he was, <laughs> Ryan was like hired by them to film a promo video. This is one of the first videos. Like, I think this was like his first commercial gig ever. <laughs> and I, I know this cause I like, talked to him about it later on at all, but it was so funny because I saw him walking around with a 5d and mm-hmm. me being like, you know, young college. like, hi, what are you doing? Oh, I see cool. that's a you DSLR. <laughs> that's neat. You know? And he, like, you can tell he has like, He's like in full on panic mode, just trying to film stuff. And he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Um, and then he was like, hey, the uh, I hear they're about to come out with a uh, 7D, which uh, is probably like might be even better. You should get one of those just yeah. offhandedly. And I was like, because it because it shot 24 frames per second. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which was huge. That was such a big time. deal. Yeah. I remember watching Philip Bloom and he's like transcoding stuff down to drop frame rates and he's got these weird hacks i'm like mpeg stream clip baby yeah dude that was it that was oh my gosh i hey i was good friends with that with the 7d and so i bought the 7d and the best part is that like (laughs) i then like reconnected with ryan later on and he was doing this cereal box presents music videos that he was doing and we were both end up working at a church together and the best part was is that like he found out that I bought the 7D and he was filming with the 5D and he was like, Hey, I, I need like help to come and like film some of the cereal box stuff, but your camera's not good enough. I'm sorry. It needs to be full frame. And I was like, you told me to buy this camera. <laughs> He's like, sorry, man. Uh, like here, you can just come film like a behind the scenes of it. So like, I get oh, to film behind the scenes with like it's not him that, and- <laughs> what a amateur statement from Ryan Booth, by the way. It really wasn't that different. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't at all. But he did that, and he was shooting on Black Magic, and he, then he's just blowing up now. Which it was just so funny. I was like, "No, I bought this camera because you told me to." Like two years prior. So, anyways, um, sad trombone. Yeah. Well placed, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and so I had this Canon 7D, and around 2010 or so, a girl in one of my college classes was getting married, and she was like, "Hey, you you have a camera? You want to film it?" And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> film your wedding? Oh, sure. Why not? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm also like desperate for money at the time. Uh huh. And it was one of those stages where like, I feel like most filmmakers get this. Like, you get started, and you're like, I'll do anything. Oh, I don't care what it is. Like as long as it's not illegal and possibly if it is illegal, I will gladly film that. Are you paying? And so I was just in that stage where it was like, you know, and she's like, well, what do you charge? And I was like, $500. 
for a Ooh. wedding film. Oh, okay. Uh, Q finding out that they're like driving up in like a Rolls Royce and all this stuff. And I'm like, crap, I could have. Five hundred. They got a. They got a steal. <laughs> That's like uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> One mm-hmm. million. One million dollars, <laughs> but it was five hundred dollars, and I worked my butt off and put way too much work into that video, and it was like an hour something long. I I, even, I did like a review of it like two years ago. Like I went back like watching my first wedding video I ever filmed. <laughs> I put that on YouTube, and I was like, this is some cringe stuff here. Okay, <laughs> the guy that drove the car from the hotel to the wedding got paid more than you did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But you didn't oh, know. You didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. And like, it, it was, was your first time. You got paid for the education. I hadn't even like attended many weddings at that point. And I was like, <laughs> sure, whatever. Let's go to a wedding. But like the photographer, I remember he was being super friendly. He's like, here, you can borrow my LED light. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, just try yeah. it, whatever. But uh, I found that I did enjoy it. And I was like, well, hey, this doesn't suck. Maybe I can keep on booking weddings. And like, it's this funny thing where there's so many filmmakers that I've talked to over the years that are like, it, it's either they're not filming weddings now, but like everybody's filmed a wedding. Like if you're a filmmaker, mm-hmm. you've probably <laughs> filmed at least one wedding just because like you get roped into it somehow. Yeah. Especially and... the last uh, decade or, or so. Oh yeah. Uh, with Pinterest, um, the whole industry changed, you know, <laughs> social Everybody media wants... changed weddings forever. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize it. The reason that weddings are such a big deal is because you want to post those beautiful images on your Instagram page. Like it's, yep. when our parents got married, it was literally like, <laughs> you know, the photographer just hey, stand in a line. All right. Just say cheese. You know, and that was it. Yeah. Good. And and I would argue that sometimes those types of weddings are like filled with more love and uh, <laughs> realness than the these mega ones that we end up filming. Um, Very true. I don't know about you, but yeah, like a lot of the DIY weddings that I've shot, usually those couples are like the most kind of authentic and then the very expensive, crazy ones, in, not all the time, but sometimes are a little more superficial. So, um, Oh, yeah. One, one but, of my favorite weddings was... I got like, it was this wedding where like we were getting paid way more than the other vendors, but like the couple really liked us. They had us fly up to Virginia to film their wedding. And it was this amazing, like cute little backyard wedding. And for the wedding dinner, they had pizza and donuts and it was just fantastic. Just everything (laughs) was great. I'm like a little chill backyard. We got to like film them at sunrise. They did like all this cool stuff, but it was just like, wow. You know, the opposite of any like ballroom, crazy expensive wedding. It was just like, yeah. hey, this is chill. It started raining like 8 p.m. Like, oh, we can just call it now. We're done. We'll, we'll take off. And I was like, <laughs> I can go to bed at a normal hour. This is great. Okay, <laughs> cool. Awesome. And I wow. ate pizza and donuts. I was very happy. It was crazy. That's a cool, that's kind of a cool way to, to spend your budget is to spend it on the photography and the video. And, and for the rest of their lives, they're going to have such a great memory with, with the footage. Um, and, you know, I was uh, recently thinking about this, how uh, no matter like where you are, like I would rather be in a kind of less expensive area with people I Mm. love than like a super wealthy, uh, bougie situation with people who are empty and and, uh, surface level, you know, (laughs) empty and dead inside. We don't want that. No. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I assume from that one $500 wedding on, you kind of just, started booking stuff like what happened things just kind of start flooding in people found out about about what you were doing or or what it was it was a slow process of course you know it's like oh hey i booked one more okay cool and a lot of it was 
friends of friends that were getting married, you know, or like good friends of mine. So it was a lot of that. That was not the only $500 wedding that I shot. I'll put it that way. There's a lot (laughs) of friend discounts there just to like build the portfolio. Let's get it going. And it yeah. took me a couple of years before I realized that I wasn't actually like making any money. And I was like, okay, I need to actually start charging more and like building that out, you know? Yeah. And um, then most critically in 2012, I finally started growing a beard. So <laughs> a child was filming these wed- these early weddings. <laughs> then finally, two years in, I, I finally started growing a beard. Um, That's and- awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and-, and the rest is history. <laughs> then, then everybody started paying me more. It was crazy. Like it was just, it was amazing. Everything changed. Have you heard about? Have you have you heard about Matt Johnson? <laughs> no, who who's that? Huh? Oh, the, huh? the guy with the the video guy what? with the beard. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's such a great recognizable trait. Honestly, there you go. Beard and then uh, it was so funny. So like this all ties into your going back to Joe Simon and still motion and all that. Um, so like 2014 rolls around, I've been filming weddings for like four years at this point. I'm thinking that I know what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm pretty good. Okay. We're doing some good stuff. And then I get this email out of the blue living in Dallas at the time. I get this email out of the blue from someone with a still motion email address. And it was just like, Hey, uh, we have a shoot coming up in Dallas. Do you want to be a PA? We'll pay you. I think it was like $125 a day. And I was like, I will do this for free. Take, just take my body, take whatever you want. Like, let's <laughs> go do this thing. Body. I'm here to, I am here to help in any way. And so that, that translated into me picking up Joyce and Patrick from the airport oh, and wow. just like, hello, you know, like they're like, here's the rental minivan hop in, like drive us around. Okay. And we're filming like this very like bougie. Um, I, I say bougie. It was like a, it was like this bougie house in, Highland Park, Dallas, like very, very fancy. And they're like, hey, uh, be careful when putting the tripod down. The floors are leather. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean they're leather? And I like, I get down on my hands and knees, you know, and I'm like looking at it. I'm like touching it. I'm like, it is leather. Why is the floor leather? I've never seen leather floors in my life. What? Are you serious? I kid you not. They had a room in their house with leather floors. Okay. And <laughs> we had to put down towels. So the tripod oh, feet would goodness. not scrape the leather. Okay. It was weird. <laughs> very nice people. Very beautiful house. Loved filming there. It was a lot of like, I learned quickly that Patrick was like, if you're a PA for Patrick, it's like, you will, you are the, you are the servant that will do whatever is demanded. Do not question anything. And I'm like, ah just frantically running around getting stuff done but it was super helpful and like super educational and then there came this point on the second day that we were filming where we're filming in this hotel room we're setting up for all these interviews and we get everything set up and so we have like 30 minutes of chill time while we're waiting for the uh uh for the um like talent to come that we're going to interview and so it's like me patrick um my friend ashley she's helping like us film too and I think it was us just, just hanging out in this hotel room, chilling. And then Patrick's like, Hey, uh, you shoot weddings, right? Show, show me one of your wedding videos. And that's like, nice. that's like, that's like LeBron asking you <laughs> to play basketball with him. You know, you're like, yeah. sure. It, you know, you're like super happy, but you're also like, it's going to be which bad. One do I, like, yeah. Which one do I show you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Like, what's my best one? Uh, so like frantically, you know, So he watches it and he starts just like tearing it apart, like in the best (laughs) possible way. Cause like, 
up until this point, you know, it, and I'm sure you've dealt with this with like family members. You never have good feedback from like family members and close friends that are not filmmakers. It's just, yeah. that looks great, sweetie. Good job. It's beautiful. My son's the most talented ever. And you're like, <laughs> tell no, like, how can I get better? Like, tell me why I suck. <laughs> and so I really wanted that. And so that was very much like Patrick was yeah. like going through and he's like, why are you showing the shot? Like, what's the point of that? Where's the story? And I was like, oh, okay and so yeah yeah like yeah, completely awesome. blew my mind so good um like literally like if you're like looking at like trajectory of matt's filmmaking life september 2014 dramatic shift okay here we go cool um man. yeah that's awesome yeah and then i basically took everything that i learned from that two days later i flew to uh yosemite to film an elopement wedding out there Took like applied everything that I learned from Patrick, plus just like my own creativity and just freaking out. And that was like a really, really big shift in like my filmmaking, I guess you could say. Um, then a year later, 2015 rolls around, I hang out with my friend Chris and he's like, Hey, uh, you're really good at like helping people and educate them about filmmaking. He's like, you've explained a lot to me. You should make some tutorial videos on YouTube. And I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i made a review it. of the a7s2 and here we are and that's what i saw mm -hmm. that's the video that i saw um which wow so that really was maybe one of your was that one of your first videos that was that was like oldest. one of the first like well other there's than a bunch of wedding videos epic, on my youtube channel before that other than epic fish tank head dunk uh hey that was my friend that was my friend daniel he did a great job if you guys want to look at um, <laughs> Matt without a beard, uh, sort by oldest. Um, it's back dude, there. I love, I love that you're keeping your high school stuff on here. That's so cool. That's all college. Uh, That's all not even high school. That's okay, like college. Matt is a Matt is like an early twenties. Preparing for zombie on the way to beach reach. It looks like you're on a bus. So I was just thinking you're in high school, but that could be a you college uh, youth group college trip, youth trip, right? trip. Yep. 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 Very cool. It's beardless. There it is. It's I, great. I had, I also had an account that would have been probably 12 years old by now, but I deleted it. I was just like, eh, these videos are old. I don't no. you know, whatever. These are stupid old videos. I should have no. just saved it and held it. I'll tell you, this uh, isn't even my original account. Like I wasn't who is Matt before. I just said like, I think it was like a random sequence of numbers and letters. Like, I didn't even have anything like, <laughs> or like yeah. real, but like I would upload like dumb videos on there. And that that account, I think it peaked at like seven thousand subscribers, which hey, not that's bad. That's cool at the time. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's amazing. I um I was more I mean, as I'm sure you were as well, I was consuming Vimeo way yes. more than YouTube. Staff and picks, man. Gotta just yes. check out what they got. Did you know that I had a staff pick? Really? Yeah. No. It changed my life. I won't talk about it um <laughs> too much because I've talked about it before. So our listeners might be tired of it, but if you just go to uh, vimeo.com slash Dave Mays, I will. I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to do this. That was, that's the one and only staff pick that I made. Um, hey, but it's there on the, it's there on the top page. There it is. Yeah. This is all my like directorial stuff that I did mm. for YouTube stuff. So I did Flavorful. a lot of music videos. And oh my stuff gosh. That's that. loud. Calm it down, Vimeo. Do not play that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you don't have to watch it. Um, but Oh, no. I'm that... going to entirely completely ignore everything you're saying to watch this <laughs> video about What's porcelain. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back over here. What's Dude, that up? Is such, that is such a great comedy 
trigger. Um, I'm, I'm excited about What's this. What's up, everybody? Uh, ah, it's it's got the blah. It's you the suck. it's it's so good. <laughs> so okay, so yeah. your YouTube journey now. Let's transition to that. So your first video uh, that you actually took seriously was the A7S video, and then you continued to go on to do. Uh, you know, like a phantom, the original phantom. I think you did a video about that and different things in the wedding film kind of niche. What were your, what were some of the things that you were learning at that time? Did you have any inspiration in the YouTube world or, or was it kind of what I was doing, which is just kind of watching Vimeo and Philip Bloom uh, and Shane Hurlbut and uh, Vincent LaFerre? <laughs> all those, all those guys. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, it was funny because at the time in like 2015, late 2015, like Philip Bloom hadn't been making as many like camera views. Like he kind of stepped back from that. And yeah. so I was like, well, if he's not going to do something then I want to do some more stuff. So I was like trying to like do more in-depth stuff too, which I feel like a lot of people were doing at the time. Um, and then I, uh, there was another um, YouTube. So it's funny because I decided that I really wanted to focus on like the wedding filmmaking space. And there was only one other guy um named craig adams and he was yep. the only other guy that was doing like wedding film education on youtube and so, he yep. ran wedding film school we actually have had him on the show before and yes. uh but a lot of people may not know that i don't think we talked too much about it um and i remember that as well wedding film school now yeah, he's doing he's, the travel stuff but yes he's very much a chapters of life kind of guy i feel he's like okay done with weddings close that chapter move on to hiking and do all this other cool stuff which Whenever I would talk to him, he was always like, I could tell, like, he had other dreams and aspirations. I'm like, dude, that's good. Like, don't yeah. stick with what you're doing if you hate it. Like, keep on moving. And so that's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. That's really great. But, okay, so uh, wedding film school. Yeah. What were you talking about that? So he was basically making a bunch of tutorials also. And I would basically look at, like, what he was uploading. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to step on his toes. Like, what has he uploaded? Like, what other things can I focus on? that are different. And so I started doing um, videos about relationships and establishing shots, all these other th parts of weddings that have just like different facets of them um, that, I don't know, it's things that can apply to other filmmaking, but it's always with the, the bent of like, how would a wedding filmmaker look at this? Or how could you use this for weddings? And so what I found this cool is that while I was getting a lot of people that um, had that watched me because they film weddings. There was also a lot of people that were just like, Hey, I don't film weddings, but this is also super applicable to the corporate videos that I film. So thank you. And yeah. that was really cool. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to elaborate on I'm that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if I, I, well, I was trying to think what happened next year and all. I got to go back suck. to like dig back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, sorry, any, sorry. Sorry. Any blank period. Just insert like, if there's any like awkward pause, just be like, and ah, there you go. Perfect. Got it. Mm. Mm. There it is. Hilarious. So you, <laughs> the, the hit is such a great like transitional moment. So you do that and then you move. <laughs> I can't hold myself together. Oh Lord of mercy. Um, so Caleb Pike was one of those guys uh, doing yeah. YouTube stuff. We have Ryan Connolly from Film Riot. We had um, lots of others. Uh, Indie Mogul um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was doing stuff. I know a thing or two about them. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is funny though. There weren't 
Like you're it's listing not... everybody off, and that was kind of it. Like it yeah, wasn't. There wasn't... We didn't have this guy. What's yet. up, everybody? He wasn't <laughs> guy, there yet. That guy wasn't there till like 2018, right? 2017, 2018. Yeah. And um, I met and him years rocketed. ago. He used to work with Still Motion. We've talked a lot yeah. about that, but he was a, a video guy for them. And I met I him bet. at a magic conference because he worked for Theory 11 doing mm-hmm. magic stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I've never met Peter, but at NAB 2019, I saw him at the Polar Pro booth. And he was being accosted by approximately 30 young men just surrounding <laughs> him. And I was like, I'm not going to bother the guy. Like, I was just like, you're real cool. I love you. But like, I don't need to add to the chaos that yeah. is currently you're currently experiencing um, with your fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I, and what are you going to say in that moment that would be anything that he would remember or take away from? <laughs> Hey, there's all these other guys. Hey, I'm another guy. Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't. But no, yeah, didn't. <laughs> another opportunity may come up, I guess. There you go. Um, We'll see if events happen again and if Canada will ever come down to America ever again, at least. Ever again. Um, <laughs> um, you're right, though. It was, it was an interesting time. Uh, there really wasn't this YouTube strategy that everybody seems to have these days. And I think Casey Neistat, again, we talk about him all the freaking time on this. Cause podcast. he's great. I'm sick Love of him. talking about it, but no, exactly. I mean, I think he inspired all of us, uh, freelance guys to, and girls to realize that we could actually kind of take control of mm-hmm. our uh, career and make what we actually want to make. I don't know about you, but as a director and as a freelance uh, video person, often I would create some sort of pitch or, you know, a treatment for a a music video or a commercial project um, or even a wedding. And you want to do it a certain way. And then the client says, "Eh, okay, that's a great idea. But how about you do this instead? Like all the other videos Mm -hmm. that everybody's ever made. And, you know. It's just going to be a bunch of talking heads with some basic general stock footage B-roll. Um, it's like, well, fine, whatever. You're the client. Come on. Uh, I have to do what you say. There's yeah. no gatekeepers anymore on YouTube. And at least that's what I took away from when I saw Casey as a performer myself. You know, I was a magician for six years before I did yeah. video. Um, as a performer and as a video person. I kind of, it was a light bulb moment for me personally. I was like, oh my goodness, I could actually take control of this and I don't, there's no gatekeepers anymore. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, I'll say something that kind of mirrors that with wedding filmmaking in that I feel like a lot of, it, it's interesting because I talked to a lot of people and they were saying, oh, I, I can't film weddings anymore. Like people start filming weddings. They're like, they're, that's like their first gig or something like that. And they get a little bit of money and then they're like, I don't want to film weddings anymore. And then they go after corporate world or they film a bunch of corporate videos and they're dealing with a lot of stifling corporate clients. And what's cool that I found with weddings is like, if you can really like nail down your brand and really get it to like the couples and style that you like, Mm -hmm. you have just massive creative freedom. And it's still, yeah, it's still a wedding at the end of the day, but it's like, what do you want to go do? What do you want to go film? Do you want to go do some Mm -hmm. cool stuff? And so like, there's such a breadth of creativity that's available there. And what's nice is that couples don't really know like what to, <laughs> what to expect. It's, it's unlike a corporate client where they're like, here's what we want. And here's the treatment. And here's what we expect. It's like couples getting married, have no education about film at all. They're just like, yeah, yeah I want a cool video. And you're like, 
how about we do something really cool? And they're like, okay, cool. You know, and they're just down (laughs) with it. And so I don't know, because of that, we've been able to do some really, really fun, like either like traveling or just like doing some really cool shoots and concepts, couples that I I feel like I would be like not allowed to do in like the corporate world necessarily, or it'd be like, oh, let's do this other way. And so I do like that there's only like two clients. There's a couple that you have to make happy. And those are your two clients. You got to appease. And that's really it. And yeah, like you said, though, YouTube, you get even more freedom, though, because then it's literally what do you want to make? Okay, cool. Can you make money from it? Great. Keep doing it. And it's awesome. <laughs> and um, the company that you're talking about and the we that we're saying is Filmstrong. Is that correct? So, yes. Or is that not it? <laughs> Filmstrong is what is slash was slash still is our wedding filmmaking company. Started way back in 2012. Um, even though I filmed weddings for like two years before that, just as Matt Johnson, you get me. Hello. Um, but <laughs> it's funny because now that like. Who is Matt.com? I book so many weddings now because of the YouTube channel and because uh-huh. people are like, Hey, I watch you on YouTube. Will you film my wedding or something like that? And yeah. because I want to like, they are like, Hey, do you want to film a behind the scenes of my wedding and like bring along people and do all this cool stuff? I'm like, yes, this sounds great. Um, like all of our bookings are basically coming from the YouTube channel now. Mm. And like, we're still getting inquiries from other people and referrals and things like that. But like in general, like the mass amount of weddings that we're booking are coming from people that have found me on YouTube. And so when I say like film strong, they're like, I don't know who that is. Like, it's just like it, we're, we're talking about just transitioning the brand completely over just to Matt Johnson. Here you go. You get the yeah. beard. You want that? Cause it's always going to be me filming anyway. So that's fine. Uh-huh. It's just this weird circular thing where I was like, I don't want to be like Joe Simon and just call it Joe Simon. So I'll yeah, but- call it still motion, but now crap, it's just me crap. I guess I'm, Joe but still Simon. motion and Joe Simon don't do it anymore. So exactly. might as well. Let's take their names. I am Joe Simon now. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> <What's up? laughs> I'm still Simon. Still Simon. Joe motion. One of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't do that with a straight face, dude. It's great. It's great. Oh my gosh. Um, so with the wedding stuff, I'm, I'm trying to understand too, yeah. Yeah. your actual income and your business. Is it really, is it a combination at this point now, we're talking 2021, coming into 2022, your income, I would assume you're making money with your channel, with courses, and with uh, actual weddings themselves. Is uh, is it all of the above? Do you I'll do put other it this things way. Well? Uh, whenever we decided to buy a house this year, finally bought a house, first house, woohoo! Um, exciting time especially with this insane market um but uh we especially in texas <laughs> oh, it's nuts um oh that's not it's a <laughs> that crowd... didn't work that's it's just crowd, crowd sounds that it's was a, a good one i paused for ambience. you i, was I don't have a, for it dang it i don't have a uh i don't have a Could've just on the womp applause. womp for that okay thought you had it I just crowd sounds <laughs> you yeah, got lasers you we got lasers <laughs> Man, I suck. I suck. That's a new I suck. Like, <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm gonna have to go on freesound.org and get some applause, there it is. man. There it is. So, anyways, my, my main point here is that I uh whenever we were trying to buy the house and apply for a mortgage, the mortgage people were like, Yeah, just send over your W two. And I was oh, like, Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that. And they're like, okay, just send over like a W nine. And I'm like, I've got uh, 30 of those like you know because i don't know with with youtube and the internet like 
you don't make money from just one source. It's not like, oh, YouTube sends you your ad revenue check and that's it. It's like, yeah. Do you want to like have ad revenue? Do you want to have courses, super chats? I don't know. Like, you know, it's it's like <laughs> affiliate chats. revenue. It's just, it's so much ridiculousness. You know, I bring up suit. There you go. There it is. A little, little late on that. Mm. I bring up super chats only because I do these monthly wedding film review live streams where I view people's wedding films. I did have one guy, uh. this was like six months ago, I think, but he like super chatted me like 400 bucks over the course Dude. of like five minutes. And I, I felt like, what are you? Wow. Do I, do I need to take off my shirt? I don't know what to do, right? Thank you. you know, I was like reviewing his wedding film. He was just like a really nice guy, but I was like, this is insane. I've never made money from super chats. This is nuts. Seriously. You know, like, whoa. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where people, I, I like keep meeting our neighbors. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm an influencer. I'm like, what, how do you stuff. say it? How do you like <laughs> categorize it? I have friends that just say, um, I make videos. I have a millennial job. I have a millennial job. Millennial job. And they're like, oh, okay. Never mind. I still have like relatives that are like, how's the wedding photos coming? And it's like, (laughs) the photos. It's It's never been photos. It's never been. (laughs) I don't know about you, but when back when the DSLRs were the the all the rage and uh, you would go through airport security, they would always ask, oh, you must be a photographer. And I'd be like, oh, actually, they shoot video, and you know, now the, there are these DSLRs that you know the mirror flips up, and you know, and then there's like, what? What do you mean? You know? And we actually had, of course, you had this as well, the Glidecam HD 4000. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had the 5D with the 24L, the mm-hmm. 1424 on the 5D uh, Mark II. And we got like a little label maker and we put little arrows pointing up and it said video camera with arrows <laughs> pointing up and we taped it on the glide cam right below, right, right on the sled below the lens yeah. and it it solved it's the video. problem. Video, listen. And we, we would always put a road mic on it, not because we would ever use it, but just to sort of make it look like a video camera a little mm. bit. <laughs> so there it is. Um, when we would go to like the reception uh, with the 5D, filming people like dancing and reacting they'd always just go like they'd like yeah, start yeah. doing poses and they got their drinks the and they're like they're half aware um i'm like no no it's it's video it's video but i can't tell you how many clips when you're going oh, yeah. through favoriting stuff you're like you can hear yourself go i got it great <laughs> you know yeah oh yeah i have got it i got it it's like I've lied to, I, I've just, I've lied to hundreds of couples. Like, oh, it looks great. Thanks. Like, I didn't do it to take a picture. It's fine. Whatever. Just, it's, it's all a lie. It didn't happen. But you, you mentioned TSA. You made me think about, I, I shot this wedding in 2015 in mm-hmm. Hawaii, which was like incredible. But like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in the, I think I was in the LAX airport, like trying to like get on my flight to get out to, <laughs> Um, get out to Hawaii and I'm I'm going through TSA and of course I get flagged with like my Pelican case full of all the camera gear <laughs> and uh, the TSA agent guy he like calls me over and he's like sir and he opens up the Pelican case and he's looking at it and I'm like oh crap what's he gonna say and he's like sir where are your lens caps <laughs> like what nice what nice. and I, like I you know like I didn't ha- I had like two lenses have lens caps on it. they're in the case it's fine whatever and he's like He's like, you should always have lens caps on your lenses. I was like, is this really why you stopped me? There's nothing. It's not. I'm not a terrorist. I just I don't have lens caps. Oh my gosh! And I he's think like, he was it's kinda, okay. He was kind of playing a little prank on you there. Uh, ridiculous. Like yeah. So I, I made found it through. 
when you live in a kind of like in Nashville, I never had problems. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think it's just maybe fairly normal for them to see video people. Uh, and then same for LA. Of course, you're going to see photographers and, and filmmakers every single Everywhere. day. Austin's the same um, way. Yeah. In Austin. Yeah. I would imagine. So, but you go to like a small town, uh, you, like a tiny little airport in the middle of uh, Ohio or whatever. And uh, you know, they start I, asking I've only, questions. I've only ever been confronted, pr- like in. Go I got confronted in the boonies of Alaska for flying my drone. Like, we want peace and quiet around here. Don't go flying your drone. I'm like, oh crap. Okay, sorry about that. And then just like, I filmed some weddings out in like Podunk, West and East Texas, like mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. And I'm, I'm literally like, you know, this is probably where somebody would shoot you or your drone down. Like, this is probably <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Like, it just that's kind of the place. I don't know. <laughs> totally. One of the things that uh, is super fascinating to me, and I think it's important to kind of highlight that you said earlier, is that the majority of your bookings come from your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that talking about videos that are really for filmmakers and for people making wedding videos would actually in turn be the best marketing material you could possibly do for your actual wedding film company? I think this comes back to what Gary Vee has always said, which is, you want to establish that you are the expert in that field mm. by just putting free content out. Yep. And then you start getting work, ironically, as that guy because non-professionals look to you as the expert. And I would imagine yeah. as you're walking into the the brides uh, the bridesmaids at the hotel room, they say, This is Matt. He's like this big YouTuber guy. <laughs> He's they like they want to brag about like the fact that you're this expert. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's definitely happened before. Where like, I I I'm like famous almost. I'm like, it's just me. I just please don't be weird. Just let me film you. It's gonna be awkward. Okay, uh-huh. but it's it happens, you know. And it's it's a lot of fun. But I love that the bookings happen that way. And I've actually had couples tell me like, we thought about just filming our own wedding or like just set up a camera. We thought it'd be easier, so we Googled it, and your YouTube channel came up, and you showed how complicated it is. So we're just gonna <laughs> hire you. And I'm like. Cool. Oh my goodness. All right, let's do it. Okay, great. So it works out. I'm going to play a game here. I'm going to ser- search how to film a wedding. Mm. Search. You're probably uh, my friend John and Nick because they have Park- howtofilmweddings.com. Parker Wahlbeck. Yep. He's huge. Scott, Ma- Scott McKenna. Yep. Love him. Am I even on there? Hapoya's brother. Yeah. Uh, Teppo. He's great. Yep. And then, and then you. I, I'm on next. there. Okay, I'm on there. All right. And then and then Maddie's below you. Cal oh. Visuals is below Maddie. And uh-huh. then another Parker and then another Matt. So you've got out of the top ten, you got two out of ten. That's I'm, I'm going for two. That's good. That's really good. And I know like all those guys. I don't I've never met Parker, but I know Jake Weisler who basically films all the wedding stuff. So nice. By proxy, I'll call it that. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that would make sense that they would kind of stumble across your content. And, you know, some of those guys, I think, is Parker, where is he? Does he live in Hawaii or something? I believe he's in Utah. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. He's part of the Devin Supertramp kind of conglomerate. Uh, Mormon, the Mormon yeah. uh, area. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the commune. I don't know how you would put it there. They're, <laughs> yeah. all, they're all in Utah and they're all making amazing videos. And you're like, it's Utah, but it's just fantastic. And you're like, that's Yeah, Daryl Eves is out there. And, yeah. Uh, uh, Lindsey Sterling and uh, kind of those OG. Uh, who's the who's the sound Mormons. guy that's out there? Um, 
who has the what's up everybody that guy yeah that guy no who is he he has a very soothing voice i watch his like audio recorder reviews all the time dang it oh uh um um um, you know um, um oh lord have mercy i have uh, his he's very tall Yes, I know who he is. I'm see. I see his, him in my brain right now. Let's see if I. But if I just search audio recorder, it's gonna come up. And I'm gonna, Why am I? Man, Curtis we are, we are Curtis. 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 There it is. Yeah. Curtis yeah. 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 Dude, met him at NAB like 2019. Also, there it yeah. is. He's so and, tall. Like I am. I'm like five foot nine. He is. <laughs> he is two of me. Like, it's just, <laughs> we hung out at NAB and he's like, Matt, it's so great to see you and like get to interact with he's you. He's so nice. And he's I'm probably like, the nicest I'm man. like if, if anybody's watching on camera, like this is me. Just, hi, Curtis. It's so great to meet you. Yeah, you're really <laughs> awesome. How's it up there? You know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this dude, like super nice guy. Like he's great. Cause like I, if I ever have like a complex audio question, I literally just like, shoot him a text like hey man can you look what about this thing and he's like oh sure matt let me help you out it's great let me know if you ever come he's out to best. utah it would be cool to hang out and i'm like it would be cool curtis you're great i love you you should do it we should do a utah trip like a, a curtis judd trip go go up there harass him harass Devin, parker. parker just we don't tell them we're coming we just show up yeah. like hello hello <laughs> you'll be on the podcast we got Peter McKinnon sound bites. You'll think it's hilarious. Like, What's <laughs> yeah. up, everybody? Yeah, exactly. There it is. It'll Good time. Awesome, dude. Awesome, dude. Um, so uh, over the last couple of years, uh, your YouTube channel has obviously continued to grow. Um, you're sitting at well over three hundred thousand. Uh, <gasps> Crazy at this point. That's awesome, man. Um, what are your thoughts on YouTube? Because that's that's kind of my whole. I left the wedding industry because I loved what I was doing with YouTube. Yeah. Um, but you continue to do weddings and it obviously is all working hand in hand together really well. Um, so I, on one hand, I would imagine that you do actually enjoy shooting weddings. Is that hundred percent? Like I still that's, really that's love totally weddings. fine. Yeah. And like, I've <laughs> also, it's okay. You can still like that. It's yeah. All right. <laughs> I feel like it gets wedding videographers get a bad rap. I feel like because so many of us filmmakers who do it, it's really just a means to an end to make yeah. money. And we really don't want to be doing it. But yeah. here we are, you know, eight years later, I've shot 300 weddings, <laughs> and I'm ready to blow my brains out. But um, I and now I'm actually working with my cousins who have a wedding uh, photography education business. Amy nice. and Jordan Demos. Have you ever heard of them? Demos. Is, are they, is that just their name? Or do they have like a company name with them? Or is that just... Is yeah, that I mean, that's their that's their whole okay. thing. Um, I don't think I've seen them. I'm sorry, but I don't uh, watch no, a lot of photography fine. stuff. So there you go. It's there's a there's the there's their website. Ooh, it's Amy Jordan. Look at that. So they do wedding uh, courses and stuff. So I do all their uh, video stuff. Look now. at those nice soft, light oh, yeah. and airy colors. Yeah, they're there awesome. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. That's, she, so Amy's my actual cousin, and they've built. Uh, an empire on just teaching people how to. Why didn't to, you get uh, blonde hair like that, man? That is, I don't know. That is, that's what you need. I'm <laughs> trying to envision you blonde. <laughs> yeah, her mom and my mom are, are sisters. My mom has blonde hair, but um, I did not get it. I got my dad's Arab, so I got that. <laughs> the strong Arab genes took over, and you're like, hair? <laughs> yeah. Facial hair? Got it. Yes. <laughs> totally. Check. Love it. Check. Dark hair. I got mm. curls. I got the Jufro. There it is. There it is. Um, and people. Uh, Jewish weddings often come up to me and say, Dave, are you a Jewish man? I say, no, I'm not. I'm actually, 
Syrian. Uh, See, I uh, <laughs> I shot this Jewish wedding a couple years back, and I was really excited because I'm like, oh man, they're gonna have beards. It's gonna be great. And then. <laughs> It wasn't a Hasidic Jewish wedding, so like nobody <laughs> yeah. had beards, and I was like, "Dang it!" Okay, well, it. I was hopeful. You gotta shoot a, shoot a B and H wedding. That yeah, would, there you go. Be- yeah, dude, that's on my. I have like a list of like it's a very it's not written down list, but they're like if I, I would shoot a I would shoot a B and H wedding like just on my <laughs> list like guaranteed yes whatever like if they're like hey we're gonna get married at B and H I'd be like yes this is great <laughs> B and H I would shoot a Bucky's wedding. Have you ever been to Bucky's? It's like a massive gas station in Texas no um oh man if you ever come to texas you gotta go to bucky's it's think of like a walmart like that uh-huh. big but it's a gas station there's like 200 urinals and it's just amazing um <laughs> and like 200 gas pumps i'm not joking like okay maybe not 200 but but 50, <laughs> 50 i urinals. kid you not just in a row because it's a bunch of truckers Dude, that come yeah in. no they do not allow trucks they do not allow 18 wheelers it is okay. only like but it is super popular. It's like all like families and just like people that are <laughs> driving across. But like, am I, like two hundred gas pumps, fifty urinals inside, beef jerky, brisket. You can't go wrong. It's great. Everything's beaver <laughs> just like themed. Every other gas station, I guess. Just like every other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, my that's awesome. I have this thing like if I ever get asked to film a wedding at a Bucky's gas station, I will say yes to it. Like, awesome. I, I don't <laughs> know if they have to actually ask permission. Part of me wants them to just crash it and just be like, hey, we're getting married in the uh, clothing department. Don't tell anybody. Just come over <laughs> next to the jerky and we're going to say our vows and like, I'll just like film it really stealthy. I feel like the uh, the employees uh, wouldn't care. They're like, they're no. not going to cancel a wedding. I mean, come on. No. Come on. This couple is happy. You got to let them get married now. Give them some beaver nuggets. It's That's fine. A, dude, that's a skit idea for your channel. Get two actors to dress up and go in the most ridiculous scenarios, dress up as the videographer, get a friend who's a photographer to show up and you go to the most obscene, not obscene, but like <laughs> obscene. <laughs> that's the wrong word. Obscure, obscure or wrong, like yes. socially wrong places. <sighs> but the, you, the wedding planner who you have there, that's an actress is kind of playing along. Like, don't you try to, don't you ruin this bride's day? You know, see, I've got like anytime I watch videos like that or any prank videos, I get so much secondhand cringe and just like secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> like the thought of me actually doing it myself, I'm feeling embarrassed just thinking about it. I'm like, I can't, like, oh, it's just, it's, oh man, I can never. Okay. I watch those prank videos or something like that, and I'm like, I couldn't do it. Like I yeah, just would free, I just freak out and run away. Like, no, I can't handle this. It would work. That would blow up on TikTok. I guarantee it. <laughs> There you go. And the nice thing is TikTok, you just film it on your phone vertical very quickly and then you leave. So that yeah, could, exactly. we, there's potential there very quick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what what is your kind of recent journey been like on YouTube in particular yeah. being a YouTuber? Um, <laughs> what are some things that you've been uh, learning about, maybe changing in terms of the way the algorithm has changed? Uh, is there any type of content strategy or, or, or long-term strategy for you with the YouTube channel, or is it really just a really awesome way for the weddings and the business to kind of come together for you? Do you see it as you are a YouTuber or is it really another asset or a tool that you're using for your wedding uh, company? Well, it's interesting because if you asked me this like two, two and a half years ago, I would have been like, Oh, it's just on the side of weddings. Like I'm doing weddings. Then it's just YouTube's on the side. Um, but then 20 late, late 2018, we started realizing like, Hey, we're, we're making like good money from YouTube. Like this is working out. Like it isn't just like Matt's hobby anymore. It's like, Oh, this is Matt's (laughs) side job that he's doing. Okay. 
Um, and then uh, 2019 hit, and we decided to have a baby. And so, awesome. congratulations! Uh, yes, yeah, I'm sure you, as a father, are aware that children take up a lot of your time, including, especially if you have a wife that usually shoots weddings with you. So, when uh, when was he or she born? She was born February 2019. So, okay, uh, I have an October 2019 baby. There you so. go. Yeah, so great, but like very stressful, and you know, but loving, of course. Um, anyways, fulfilling, we, uh, more fulfilling yes. than anything, honestly. A thousand percent. But there was a lot of like, oh, crap, we probably shouldn't schedule any weddings for like six months because we yeah. have to raise a child. Okay. So like that kind of pushed things back a bit. Oh, and a so I see where this is going. Six months. Yeah. Where did that land you in 2019? So, so that landed like uh, we shot um we shot a wedding in September then. And then we shot a wedding in uh, we had a, it was crazy because we had all this travel. We had um a wedding in uh, Ireland that we filmed in like December, 2019, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then we then you went, went to China and for some reason you started feeling weird on the We way went back. to Australia actually. Oh um, my goodness. We were close. We were on that side of the, of the planet anyways. Oh Lord. Oh crazy. man. Yeah. We, uh, we went to um, like, it was literally like all this travel. It was like January. We were like in Mexico and at a, a wedding film retreat event, which was fantastic. Then we went to this Lonely Hearts Film Camp, which is another wedding filmmaking retreat in Australia for like two weeks. And at this point, like I've got weddings scheduled. I got one coming up in March. I got another in April. We got like June, July, like we're booking all these weddings. Things are going great. And then everything just like we yeah. get back from Australia and everything shuts down. And good thing um, you got back. Yeah. Dude, for real. It was like a week later. They were like, hey, no more travel from Australia. I was like, glad we're back in America. My goodness. 19 yeah. hour no i think it was a 17 hour non-stop flight from uh from straight from dallas to sydney it was fantastic um with a baby or baby yeah. at home oh yeah with a baby it was, she slept the whole way there nearly which was fantastic and then the way back she didn't sleep as well but uh she was with uh we brought on grandma to help watch the kids so it was really great nice. um <laughs> yes yes um <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to have a good sound bite for, for like a crying baby sound. You got, you no. got to build up this library of I just started audio. It. This I is it. I just started making, oh, I'm man. using an app called Far, Fargo, Fargo, Far. F, F-A-R-R-A-G-O. Anyways. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, uh, basically all of our weddings were either postponed by a year or canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I think we only filmed two weddings in 2020 like that weren't rescheduled i might have filmed three not many um and then 2021 rolls around and we had all of like the postponed weddings plus a, a few more that we scheduled but like it was it was also a weird time where we were like we don't want to book a ton of weddings because just like with the way the pandemic's going it's kind of crazy yeah. and so it, it's also one of those things where like i know so many people that have booked weddings and then they're postponed again and again and again. And it's just nothing is certain yeah. right now in the event industry at all. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of this interesting shift for us where we're like, well, uh, good thing YouTube's around. And uh, yeah. and it was it, doing yeah. rather well at the time. Yeah. Like uh, everybody's stuck at home. I guess they'll watch YouTube. Okay, great. And so like, thankfully, uh, unlike yeah. a wedding, uh, I can sit in my house and record a video. So yep. Yep. basically the last really 2020 to 2021 was really me like figuring out a groove of like, can I upload a video per week? 
Like, is that doable for me? Cause as somebody that's like more perfectionist, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta be perfect. Blah, blah, blah. Can I, <laughs> can I actually do that? You know? And I found out that I could, which is really awesome. And so mm-hmm. a lot of like the past year has been just like me learning how to prioritize my time, like still film weddings, but like film the weddings that we really want to film that um, we know will actually happen, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> so like some of them were booking like relatively shorter notice too. We're just like, oh uh, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, we're also, uh, I'm trying to like d- learn how to be a good dad which I feel like you as a dad, you'll understand that. Like it's, you have so much, like you realize once you have kids, like the most important thing is time and like time that you Mm -hmm. spend with your kids. And so like, how can I maximize that time? And like already being self-employed is great. Already like being able to work from home is great because I'm just here with my daughter all the time. But like there would still be weddings where like that Ireland wedding we filmed, we were gone for 10 days. Like we had to, Mm. you know, travel all the way internationally. And so we had to look hard at like, do we still want to film international weddings? Like mm-hmm. that's a lot of time. And we were kind of leaning, we're, we're basically like, no, we don't want to film international weddings now just cause like, I don't want to be away from my daughter for that long. And like, maybe I could bring her, but that's a lot of drama. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, you, you're totally nailing it on the head. And that's why I quit yeah. Indie Mogul and moved from LA to Nashville because mm-hmm. I realized that, um, I could care less about my career in the same way. Like five years ago when I didn't have kids, um, it would be a no brainer to, to pursue those things and to, you know, hustle, hustle and all that. And I still am hustling, but in a different way, it's a more balanced life now with, you know, my relationship with my wife and then with the boys. So, um, and that's totally normal. And that's kind of, it's, it's hard to explain it to a non-child person. <laughs> and I yeah. I was not a kid person. I didn't I never really liked kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I was always like, yeah, you know, whatever. We'll see how it goes. I'm always going to be an entrepreneur blah blah blah, but right, then right. it happens and it's like, oh, wait, never mind. Just throw all this garbage away. That's that's worthless to me. <laughs> kids now. are important now. Dang it. This is awesome. It's Yeah, yeah it is. Anytime percent. I see a anytime I see a movie or or something where like a son dies or a daughter dies Ugh. and the father or the mother is having to grieve the loss of a child. Like it really hits me really <sighs> hard now. Dude, I will tell you like weddings now for me, whenever they have like the daddy daughter dance and yeah. like they're, they're playing like butterfly kisses after it's just mm-hmm. the grossest <laughs> song. Like I'm over there, like, either silently crying or like almost <laughs> silently like oh, my baby just like because <laughs> like, i'm like immediately like my daughter's gonna be this in a few short years she's two right now but that's only she can get married at 18 that's only it's only 40 years away like, she'll be married <laughs> stupid stupid but like you know like 20 years yeah dude i did not think it was gonna affect me that way and it's just like wow, man yeah. it's and that's so cool. like I do feel like a lot of people are realizing that and like realizing the value of like, especially with the pandemic, people have realized like, I shouldn't be a workaholic. I should be at home with my family. This is great. Yeah. And you have, I you have more, more of that. peace. You have way more peace and yeah. joy and uh, fulfillment. And um, work is, is a thing that is, is important for us, especially as uh, parents, we have to provide for our family. Sure. There's nothing wrong with working, but um 
work is not life. And I think America especially puts so much emphasis on it. And growing up, we, you know, the pursuit of happiness is not necessarily scriptural. (laughs) So like, uh, the pursuit of happiness (laughs) is what we're taught, you know, in school or whatever. But, um, I would argue that always pursuing quote happiness is not going to lead to fulfillment Mm -hmm. in your life Mm -hmm. and joy. So, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of this grind mentality right now. And I see a lot of that on YouTube, but then you also see a lot of YouTubers talking about it and talking about burnout and how they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm going nonstop and I'm making all these things, but I'm like, I'm tired, you know, and (laughs) you get this, like YouTube is a treadmill, man. Like there's no, there's no finish line. There's no, like, here's Mm -hmm. my best video. See you later. Like, no, like where's your next video? Like hit hit upload (laughs) again. uh... It's kind of like Josh Yeo, though. He kind of yeah. makes the most banger video, and then he goes away for like six months. <laughs> and he makes some cool Kickstarter rotating thing, and then he's just like, hey, what's up? Check this out. I'm like, shut up, Josh. You're so cool. Okay? Like, whatever. Like, it's it's stupid. Okay? But, like, he's one of my favorite people. And so, I love Josh. He's so good. Yeah. It's But, like, we're all just trying to make stuff, you know? And I do think mm-hmm. – I don't know. We, we kind of touched on this earlier, but, like – the expansion of like the filmmaking YouTube and how there's just so many more people doing it now. And I also think the other component of that, that like we didn't really touch on is also like the companies Mm -hmm. are now like in on the game as well. Like back in the day, it's like, good luck getting somebody to send you anything. But now it's like, Oh, my email. And I got 30 emails from random companies. Like you want Mm -hmm. anything? Like, it's just like, please (laughs) mention this in your videos. I got somebody would you it? like this micro needle uh, yeah. that you can rub on your forehead? I got that. <laughs> or, I was getting, I was getting a, like, a, like you want to wear this belt? I'm like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I built my brain about not wearing, like, and not having to dress up. Like what? I wear a t-shirt all day. Like, don't make me wear a belt. Just weird. Like, <laughs> don't, make, don't make me wear a belt. <laughs> come on now. But it's just this thing where like, I feel if you like buy our, if you buy our gimbal on Amazon and provide the receipt, we'll reimburse you. <laughs> yeah. And then also leave a review. And I'm like, that's, you're just going to close my Amazon account. No, like this is not <laughs> how this works. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. You know? And it's like, uh, it, it is such a balance of like, okay, what do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Like, how can I do this ethically? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's rough. It's so rough. But I think when Gerald and Dunn started blowing up and started just taking over about a year ago or two, um, I think at least for me, it was kind of, uh, I, I, it was inspirational for me to watch Gerald become so successful and really have the right ethics behind yeah. the whole thing. I think Caleb yeah. Pike is another great example. And I, I would think I would, I would imagine that Gerald would probably credit Caleb as well because yeah. Caleb Pike always has done that. One of the things that um, he told me is that he doesn't actually accept anything. He always mm. buys everything so that he doesn't have any um, unknown bi- uh, you know, bias. At least that's what he told me in 2019. No, maybe I think that's great. I he's receiving I, stuff. I don't know. I but. bought a, uh, <laughs> like when the A7S three came out, like I was like, okay, the R5 is also out too. I'll buy an R5 as well. Like, okay. That way, like I can, you know, be like unbiased and I'm still getting people like this guy just, he, he's still a Sony fan. But I'm like, I literally bought the camera. Like I spent four <laughs> grand of my own money. Like what, what else can I do to convince you that I'm not biased? But it was just this thing. It was like, fine. You know, I am biased. That's fine. Cause we all are whatever, you know, it's just, we dumb. all have some sort of bias, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah. And I, I did end up selling that camera like two months later. I was like, I can't keep this guy. I just, I don't like it here. Go away. But so yeah, what are you on? Crazy. What are you on these days? What are you using right now for this little 
live stream and then what are you actually using for for work as your workhorse this is this is all sony a7s3 like everything is i got uh i got three of them because for weddings i knew i Sweet. wanted like one for me <laughs> one for rachel to film weddings and then we have like behind the scene shooter that we're always bringing in i'm like I don't want to deal with somebody that's like, yeah, I've got my Sony a 6,000 from five years, like 20 years ago. I'm like, please, no, here's like a good camera. Like that just makes it easier yeah. to edit and everything's all together. So and then if, if you really need it, you can always use it because it's the same camera. So. Exactly. And so it, it literally happened. We're like, we're filming like the first, you know, it was the first or second wedding I ever filmed with it. And my camera died, like the hot shoe got water in it. And then it started like glitching out the camera. And so I'm like, well, Back up A7S3. Here we go. Just back to filming and just went right back to awesome. it. But that's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, dude, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you have killed to have the A7S3 uh in 2012 or whatever? Oh, the Ryan man. Booth days. Like dude. the low light is insane for weddings. It's like it's literally the it should be the flagship wedding videographer camera at this point. The color it's... science is finally like rock solid. Yeah. Um, the low light obviously is nuts and that's usually what you're dealing with, especially at a reception and oh, yeah. shooting the getting ready sh shots and stuff. You have, you have just no control over lighting half the time at a wedding. And so it's funny cause I, I reviewed the GH five and I love the GH five. I think it's a fantastic camera. The big knock I have against it is it's just not good in low light. Like yeah. you go by ISO 1600 and you're just like, sorry, good luck. You know, it's, <laughs> it's rough. And so I, I still get people that are just like, whoever, man, just bring lights. And they're just so defensive. And I'm like, no, no, I, I do bring lights. I fully believe in like lighting and shaping. And I think that's very, very important. But like, you're going to have moments on a wedding day where you can't be like, hey, can you just stop doing all that? And let me go plug this light in over here. Like, it's you're not going to like. It also ruins. They pay all this money for these um, designers to come in and do the candles and all this and that. <sighs> And you're ruining the ambiance when you start blasting a 600D uh, at their face, you know? Yeah, that's why I believe in smaller lights. But I will tell you also, in my experience, whatever like ambience that they're paying for, it's usually like the DJ bringing very cheap Chinese <laughs> uplighting that's flickering really badly. And I'm like, yeah. like, I know you didn't spend any money on this. Come on now. Like, I've had weddings where it's fantastic, but I've also had weddings where I'm like, this is really bad. Like I'm like, my <laughs> yeah. lights are better. Like all of my equipment is better than what you are currently using for this <laughs> wedding. Okay. Just, it's weird, man. I guess you're right. Like they're, they're never going to light for uh, what I'm thinking in my mind about this whole conversation is the toasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because in the reception area, you have, you do kind of want a moody, like candle mm -hmm. lit kind of yeah. feel when you're eating you want very low light for it to feel yeah. intimate and warm and cozy but they never seem to prep or plan for the toasting like no. they don't have lights to light those people so if you well, don't bring lights they're just gonna be standing in the pitch you know completely dark complete dark last time i had that happen where they where the dj did provide light for the toast and for the couple entrants it was this massive completely unfiltered spotlight at like 7,000 Kelvin, just blue, just oh glowing. Gosh. And I'm like, like it was one of those things where you turn your ISO down to like the less your aperture down. And it's still like everything else is darkness, but like they're still overexposed and you're like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, Oh my gosh. So I remember like having to go over to the DJ and be like, I need you to turn that off right now. please, <laughs> oh God, like, please. And they're like, I need you. To why? Turn and I'm like, it's so bad, please. So like, you know, but like, 
there is something we said for like, can you light the toast well? Okay, great. Like, cause like the guests are going to appreciate that too. Like they may not know yeah. it. They may not be like, oh wow, that's well lit. But they'll be like, oh, I uh-huh. can see the person speaking. That looks nice, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you got to like tape a mic to a mic stand so people so don't walk around with it. That's what, that's one of my favorite tips that you, uh, so I used to take a lav mic and I would just gaff tape it to mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. mic itself and then just have it run down the, the mic stand or whatever. But if there wasn't a mic stand, then it would get complicated. I love your little hack that I saw. I think it sort of went viral on Instagram reels or something. Um, you've got this great little mic condom. Can you tell me mm-hmm. about that? <laughs> I, I think I learned that from my friend, Mark. He was the first person who told me about it because he, he was using it. But it's literally uh, this company, Mic Effects, and they make these little mic sleeves. And it's just, they're like bedazzled microphone sleeves like to make like musicians mic sparkle but uh-huh. they make a black version and i'm like this is what you want and you literally like just slide a little recorder into it and then you have a recorder that's right next to the microphone right next to the person who's speaking and i cannot tell you the amount of times it's like dozens of times over the years where either the sound cuts out or the sound just doesn't work at all mm-hmm. and like I still got good audio. Like it's still working. And I'm like, mm, sure saving the day. Oh my. And oftentimes Dude. it'll sound better than the house audio because like the DJ will be doing like some weird reverb or like they won't have it mixed right. And then I'll this come in like, it, check right? this out. Uh, I think this is it. Yeah. I'm talking to him and I'm just like, I'm talking to the guy. We're going through like a mic check just with like the recorder. And then you can see down there in the bottom, right. There's the little uh, sleeve and recorder there. And I was like, Hey man, uh, are you cool with me? Like putting this on? the uh on the microphone and the djs always give you this weird like like what huh <laughs> okay like you see it's confused <laughs> his, his, his he's scowl. like what and i'm like we put it on he's like oh okay cool man whatever yeah sounds good now you need to tell him like it's not wireless it's not gonna like interfere and they're like oh okay cool and so yeah i just like slide it in brilliant I'm like, so Here's brilliant it matt oh, turn my it on goodness. turn it off and oftentimes that recorder will pick up the ambient audio better of like the crowd clapping and laughing and it has a fuller, better sound. And I really prefer it to just a normal, normal, like just the audio from the DJ. Dude. I love those little hacks. Um, We used to take, we used to take like an H4N on a light stand and Mm -hmm. as like a third or fourth backup, literally just put it straight in front of the PA uh, speaker put it you know in the middle or whatever point it in the correct way so you're not just getting the boominess of it or whatever <laughs> just pure but, bass just whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's like of course we you you know as a wedding videographer you got to have the the giant bag full of adapters and oh yeah you know rca and quarter inch to eighth inch and xlr to eighth inch and like all those radio shack uh converters um and so you you'd be so surprised how I, I don't know how these DJs screw it up so often, but it's like you get a clean feed on your recorder coming out of their board and then you come home and you listen to it and there's some weird like high pitched mm-hmm. squeal the whole time or who knows. And yeah. then I always had that like H4N recording just the PA speaker and I can't tell you how many times I've used that as the main audio source and it's such a crappy way to record it, but like you know, sometimes you you just have to have like that third or fourth audio backup when it comes to these types of events. If you don't have at least it, it, two is like the bare, bare minimum, at least three is like 
if you're not recording at least three different sources, you're you're not covered. Because I've had weddings where like I've triple mic'd people before. Like I've had ceremonies where it was super windy. And I was like, hey, I'm going to put one mic on the outside. I'm going to put one mic on the inside. We're going to put, and then it was very like one of the windiest days ever. And I told the official, like, I'm sorry, I got to put three mics on you. And this one's going to go like down super under your shirt. Like basically like it's just like four layers deep under clothing. But like, I know it's going to sound muffled, but it's going to offset that wind. And I remember going back to like watch, listen to the audio from that wedding. And I'm like, just blown out, crap, wind, crap, wind. Crap. And I get to that base layer and it's just this like bassy, like, we are gathered here today. And I'm like, Oh yes, we got it, baby. Oh my gosh. Like you have Dude, to do that's it. Awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. What, are you just like rocking? Uh, what are you using these days? I was, uh, I'm old enough to do the, uh, the H one with the, Ooh. um, little mic that Joe Simon recommended. It was that teeny tiny little love mic. The microphone madness. Yeah. I still have a ton of those. I still use those actually. But, um, um the H one now is actually too big and useless. I would, uh, rip the, um, the X, the X, Y mic off. So it's yeah. like a little smaller. So I just broke yep. that off. <laughs> Uh, and then we would gaff tape the all the buttons on the back so that they wouldn't mm-hmm. switch. You and had then, to do that. Yeah. So it was it was it was a terrible recorder for that. It just like you just made it so, work, but it so it's, like, awkwardly sticking out like just this large mic thing that might break. Um, I have four Tascam DR10Ls, and that's mm-hmm. basically what I use for still for everything. The Zoom F2 is really great. I just never really like. I didn't love how to, the formatting worked on it. And I was just like, I don't want to deal with this crap. I'll just stick with the task cam. It's good enough. And so I have, I literally have four of those and everybody gets one of those basically whenever I'm doing stuff. That's these little guys. Yeah. 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 They're just, it's fantastic. They're like 200 bucks. It might be cheaper now. And yeah, it's just wonderful. They come in black and white too. Yes, they do. So um, right. And they've got, making. and they've got locking connectors. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so these a, are great. Um, these came out a couple of years ago, but they they really haven't really been replaced in terms of. I mean, there's other companies that do them now, but um, these are not wireless. By the way, if you're wondering, these are just recorders, right? And yep. do they do a, a safety track on the left? It will and the do right? a. It'll do a. Uh, it has a full on. It'll just record left and right, but then it has a backup, like a fully separate backup safety track that will do negative twelve decibels or negative six decibels, whatever you want. And it has a pretty darn good auto gain, which is what I usually use. I just set it to auto and it just does its thing. Okay. And it sounds so, pretty good. Just just for safety, like you never know. They could go really loud all of a sudden. Yeah. Do you remember the <laughs> the little darling? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The little dar. Yeah. D-A-R. Yeah. <laughs> little oh, darling. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to type that. Holy cow. Uh, <laughs> what <laughs> what is that? That is so creepy. What, oh, did it, no. what do I search? Uh, I do, need to do a little uh, darling and then do like I'm going to be arrested. Oh, yeah, Lord. That is hilarious. <laughs> little need, where's the sound? Thing. You need a sound effect for that. <laughs> no, this is recorder. Yeah, I, remember, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because people were like, oh, you got to use the... You suck. <laughs> there it is. Uh, there it is. Little darling recorder. There it is. Juice yeah, link. those things. Oh, they, they were... I never bought one. So because my buddy, they look so complicated. <laughs> this guy this guy here was like oh gosh go away um this juice link guy he Robert. was just kind of he would just kind of make these like in his garage it looked like yes. they were, they yes. were the ultimate like guy thing <laughs> like it's just I, 
I'm impossible sure to understand. But I remember my... that they were like, it's really easy. If you need to change the settings, just get like a safety pin and then poke <laughs> this hole and it'll press the button. And it'll it'll change the numbers. And then, you know, I'm like, this is completely not understandable to me. Like thumb just... screw to open the battery. You have to undo this little thumb screw. The card compartment is enclosed in there. The user interface was like those old watches where it's like, yeah. just you have to understand a sequence of numbers and letters. Um, but my dad got these, my dad's a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, if you knew that, but my dad got these and was, and still has them. And still like father, uses. like son. There you go. Yeah. He still uses them. Um, and uh, my buddy Jeffrey Holland here in Nashville, he bought those because this was before is that, the is that Pod Holland. Yeah, do you know right. Jeffrey? Uh, I follow him on. I think I follow him on Vimeo. Like he was. I know Matt Underwood. Oh my gosh! Uh, Why did holy cow? So Matt, <laughs> Jeffrey, and myself were full frame cinema. I was part of you that were full wedding. frame. Really? Yes, that's, did that's we never me. make this connection? No, well, I mean, I just never knew yeah. that you would care. So when of I course. say, yeah, when I said I started wedding films, it was with Jeffrey and Matt. No, and y'all myself. did great work, definitely. So Thanks, uh, it was this weird thing where uh, this is such. I'm glad we're like an hour into this podcast, and we're like, wait a second, because no, dude, um, like when I was getting started, uh, let's see, I I went, um, I think it was 2010. I went to this uh, mission trip to Florida called Beach Reach, which you happened to watch uh, me talking friend. about zombies on YouTube on my YouTube channel. And Matt Underwood was there, uh, uh-huh. like with his church, and we hit it off. And he no, he was doing music. He was playing guitar at this like yeah, for he was worship. guitarist. Yeah, I'm sure Aaron and Farmer so was there too. He's we started there. hanging out like, and we were talking about filmmaking. I remember shooting some stuff. I brought my 7D, and we filmed some stuff together. And then he was like, yeah, I do weddings, blah, blah. And he shoots and he was shooting with full frame. And I remember, oh, what was the wedding video? And I still think about to this day. Goldreads and Devin. Yes. I was, I was like, I was going to go look it up. It was Goldreads and Devin. And it had that. Like that song. And it was at the, uh, the old went- train station in Nashville. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was that was our biggest, most viral. It was a it was right when Pinterest came out. Magnum um, opus, man. Jeffrey nailed the the edit. Okay, uh, so let it. me. I'll, I'll tell you a confession. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I literally. So this is uh, that. Yes, two thousand ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. So I actually was shooting. We were double booked that day, mm-hmm. and I shot the other one. So Matt and Jeffrey shot this one, and then I had another guy on another one. So unfortunately. I had no you part missed in out. this. You missed but out. Yeah, they, they played the guitar live and had all the stuff. Ukulele. Yeah. This video does not exist. No. No. It's so old, dude. Oh, I man. I wonder, I need to text Jeffrey. So Jeffrey was my best friend. He was one of my groomsmen. I mean, and then Matt and I have stayed in touch, obviously. Too. Yeah, he was another, he's, he was he's doing really cool stuff now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. His long and Jeffrey, flowing hair. Jeffrey's been working with a company out here that does aerial, uh, like drone stuff for like Netflix and stuff. Matt, so he's been doing... Matt met his wife, his his wife Ashley in Texas at, at no, that event. At, the, at that event, yes. And oh I my kid gosh. you not, I, I'm I'm taking some claims here, but I'm relatively certain that I introduced them. Like, Are you serious? Just this thing because I've been because I remember like I'd talked to her a little bit, and then like Matt came over, and it was just like puppy dog eyes like both of them just like hi like it was just like oh this is <laughs> this is happening okay cool so anyways back to glories and Devin. i 
I I remember loving that wedding film so much. I literally like ripped the audio from just I pulled that song and I it was like my second wedding that I ever filmed and I made like my own private cut of this wedding that I'd <laughs> shot using that song. Uh-huh. And I didn't even show it to anybody. It was just like just for me and like my second shoot. I'm like, man, this is so inspire inspirational and stuff like that. But <laughs> that was like the effect that it had on me. Like Glories of Devon. Oh my gosh, dude. Dude, that it's was- it's gone. I'm I'm looking for no. it on Google here. It's uh, he must have got um that was pre um, I'm sure he got licensing. copyrighted for it. Yeah. That was back in the day. Do you remember Joe Simon's big blow up? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we're talking 2010, 2011 like the whole Pre- copyright music bed by a year. Yeah. The whole copyright thing was not a thing at the time and I remember the video. The, ca- the cautionary tale was out. Like it was known yeah. that you're not supposed to use a Coldplay song in a wedding video, but we would still all do it anyways. Yeah. And Joe Simon did some kind of bigger celebrity wedding. I think it was a football player. And he shot he Tony to- Romo's wedding quarterback okay. for the Dallas Cowboys. It was to and then he, uh, he Candace Crawford. It was a, it was a big, it was a big wedding. That was a big deal. And he used a non-copyright, or he used a, uh, I th- he a used, popular, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Coldplay. Fix, fix You by Coldplay. Yeah. And it was, and yeah. He got in a big trouble. Yeah. I remember he like went, I don't know if he went to court, but I know that he got sued. And yes. uh, it was, you know, over, uh, f- I think he told me it was over five, you know, it was like five figures, but it was a lot. Yeah, it was it was below six figures, but I think he was on Ron Dawson's podcast and they talked about it a little bit or something like Ron Dawson's talked to him about it. But yeah, it was like I remember that video because I remember when it came out, because, of course, I followed Joe Simon a lot. And I'm like, this is beautiful and amazing and crazy. And it was just like fix you and Tony Roman's beautiful wedding. And then I think it was up for like three days. And I think it had like six million views on Vimeo, which for Vimeo, that's like astronomical. You know, like YouTube, it's like whatever. Everybody gets like it doesn't be able to six million views, like astronomical on Vimeo in 2010. And I think that was kind of this oh crap moment. Like this is way bigger than you than you think it's going to be. And then then the lawyers that's, called very quickly. And that's when Musicbed really kind of took off, and yeah. um, we all started switching over to it. I remember when we would have meetings with uh, clients, you know, future brides and grooms. They would talk to us about music they wanted to use and like a Nick Lachey song or whatever. And (laughs) uh, we were like, here's the, here's the deal. When you watch a movie, the music tells the story of the film. So we are going as the filmmakers, we are going to select songs that enhance the story of your film. It's not going to be Katy Perry. It's not going to tell you Nick Lachey does not enhance the story of your film. I'm very <laughs> sorry, but he does not. So he cannot be used. I'm like, what? We, the reason I use that as an example is because we had a bride pre music bed, Joe Simon lawsuit that demanded that we use a Nick Lachey song in the video <laughs> and it ruined the whole thing. I it. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. But yeah. yeah. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey and I um, go way back. I met him when I was Man. like 17 years old at church He's the video guy at, at the church we were going to, and he asked me to help him shoot. Uh, like, I I already t- told him, he told me what he did. He shot weddings, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I love shooting stuff. I did, like, animation. Sure, innocently. Yeah, why not? Let's shoot a wedding. What, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? And you're like, Well, yeah. I, shot, I shot a youth camp first. Like, uh, okay. it was 
it was an assembly god church that we went to and it was uh like a youth camp ag those youth camp videos camp. can be stressful too man oh my god well, it was like Any camp we were videos. doing we were doing like same day edit type stuff yeah. on tape at the time so we had to oh, capture tape. the tape you know in final cut seven on uh old yeah uh, on the on the 19 inch macbook pro um yes or the, no the 17 inch uh 17 i remember inch. i remember doing some camp stuff back in the day and it's just that stress of like yeah. It's not sleeping tonight. Video's due tomorrow. Okay, cool. We'll get <laughs> yeah, it done. Exactly. But I was 17, so I had all the energy. So. Oh, yeah. But he looked at the footage and he was like, dude, like, there's some natural composition stuff you're doing here that's Ooh. actually not terrible. Like, do you want to... I'm shooting a wedding. I need help next week. I'm double booked for a wedding next week. I need somebody to, to shoot the other one. Would you be down to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I literally... My first wedding ever, he just gave me an old Sony camcorder Uh that I've never used and yes. by myself, I went out there with an assistant. So I was the lead shooter. <laughs> One of his guys assisted me, but I had no experience and amazing. I kept, I was so nervous and I was like, Jeffrey, what do I do? He's like, you'll be fine. Just film the bride and groom, you know, <laughs> just point the camera at him. See what happens. Yeah. It's fine. And, um, oh, yeah. And we became so close. We became honestly best friends and we were, um, right at the beginning of the 5d he sold his yeah. lettuce adapter sony setup the big which were just camera. the bulky massive yes yes and um because at the time you would take a camcorder and then an adapter that would then it would essentially project a full frame yes. image from like an old nikor lens or something yes. uh onto the cam it was it's really bizarre but and it was uh, upside down too. Yeah, so you had to flip it. <laughs> so you had to hold, like, I remember, like, I had friends that had those things, and they would literally have, like, an entire separate rig that just flipped the camera upside down or just hold it normally on a tripod upside down. Like, yeah, it's fine, man. This is what you got to do for filmmaking. I'm like, do you really? Like, this is insane. <laughs> and that's why I was so happy that I bought the 70 at least, because I, I yeah. skipped a lot of that ridiculousness. Well, we, we bought the 5D. So the 5D came out 2008, I think, in the summer, and then we ended up getting it like at the end of 2008 and then he started using it mm. immediately with his weddings and it just blew up because yeah. we were literally the only people in Nashville that had it. So, and the name um, full frame digital cinema. Oh, that's Ooh. how we, that's how we came up with, of that. course, like we're the only full frame. You want full frame. This is it. Be like, what's full frame. Don't worry about it. You want it though. Come on now. <laughs> and then 2010 too, like that was such a Pinterest mm -hmm. kind of, moment pinterest became such a thing yeah uh and we had a couple of viral videos on there and the goal reason devin won the story is nuts on that um basically this guy named uh oh lord what's his name the guy from jane the virgin uh oh gosh uh the, the cast uh justin baldoni the yeah, yeah yeah so he called jeffrey this is before Jane the Virgin, obviously. Of course. But, but he was already kind of a B-list, like a more, let's be honest, like a D-list actor in Hollywood. We're down but, there. We're down on the runs. But, but he's he there. called, he apparently was just like, it was, he basically was talking to his friend Goal Reason Devin. They were friends in mm -hmm. LA. And they were doing this wedding in Nashville. And literally that week, he was just talking to him about it. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, who do you got doing video? And they were like, oh, we don't have any, we didn't hire anybody. And he's like, what? You got to have video. You got to have Come video. Come on. He's you like need a full frame digital cinema. Let me get those, these people over yeah. here. So he just Man. searched Google Nashville videographers. Yeah. That was the first one that he saw that was like shooting on a DSLR. So That's he, what we want. Be, being a filmmaker, he knew that was the one. Man. He called, he called Jeffrey on 
I believe Thursday, the wedding was like Saturday. Of course, as all good bookings are. And he said, you're, these guys don't really have much money. Um, but my name is Justin Baldoni. I'm a Hollywood actor, filmmaker, whatever. Trust me. You want to do this. This will be, he literally said, he literally said, this will be your promo video for the next five years. I guarantee it. And he promoted me. I was heavily influenced by it. I was like, man, people are making weddings that look this good. This is insane. (laughs) The storytelling was so good, but it was, it was, again, they were so interesting and quirky. Um, But again, I got to hand it to Jeffrey and Matt. They nailed the cinematography and the storytelling. It was really good. Um, And then, yeah. And because of that, we ended up booking a lot of stuff out of state. And Matt, I seriously think that you and I could probably talk for hours. We now that like we're at the end of this thing and we realize there's all these threads in our like the last 30 minutes of this podcast no one's going to want to listen to because it's like, <laughs> you know that guy oh my gosh let's talk about this other guy Wait, <laughs> like leave it all in by all means leave it in for all these people that are just like what is happening here okay cool <laughs> well everybody go check out matt johnson you got the amazing youtube channel we'll link it in the uh, show notes and description if you have a wedding coming up hire matt uh to shoot it let him know you heard about him on the podcast, and that's the only place you heard about him. It's like, hey, are you the guy from the Golden Hour podcast that <laughs> talked about all those people we don't know about and that wasted our time for 20 minutes? Um, Matt, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Dude, so loved much. it.